Welcome to the From Battle to Business podcast. In this podcast, business coach and fellow veteran Dean Van Dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life, helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits. You wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business. Let's get to it. Well, welcome back. This is From Battle to Business with your host, Dean Van Dyke. And today I'd like to welcome Paul Makowitz. Paul is a tough guy to place a label on, he says. He believes that God placed him on this earth to soak up every experience, dabble in every philosophy, and jump at every opportunity and serve others with a bit of every bit of energy he has. He's a military veteran, serial entrepreneur, an adventurer, and deep thinker. Today, he runs an honorable marketing, an agency built on finding the unique value businesses offer and displaying that value online in a way that allows them to serve their local community in meaningful ways. Well, welcome, Paul. Uh, thank you so much, Dean. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So tell our audience a little bit about your military experience and how it led to uh, the journey that you're currently on and how you got to Zero Moment of Truth. Yeah, well, I am one of six kids. So I grew up in a uh, nice, rambunctious, crazy household. Uh, one of those uh, upbringings though, where my parents were very free. You know, they let us make mistakes. They let us go play in the woods and, you know, beat each other up, do all that good stuff. Uh, and I, all growing up, I never knew what I wanted to be. I never, you know, I was always jealous of those kids that were like, hey, I, I want to be this. Like, I thought I was going to play in the NBA until I stopped growing at five, nine. So um, <laughs> when I went to college, I actually changed my major four times as a freshman and eventually just said, you know, enough is enough. I'm not, I'm not feeling uh, inspired to, to live a life of purpose. And my father was in the Air Force Reserves. My grandfather was a tanker in World War II. And I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe the military is, is exactly what I need. Give me a little kick in the ass here. Uh, being kind of always the independent wild child in the family, I just showed up at my parents' house and was like, hey, I joined the military. I leave in two weeks. I love you. And uh, hop in a plane to Fort Sill. So I was a computer operator for field artillery. I like to say I was, I was the smart guy in field artillery. because so it was me and a bunch of other gun bunnies doing pull string, go boom. Uh, but I was the one that would take the calls for fire from Ford observers or or even infantry from different units that were out there, put them into a computer system, make sure we weren't blowing up anything that we shouldn't blow up, you know, judge for the drift of the round, judge for, you know, precipitation knockdown and humidity and, and all these different variables. And then I call down to the guns and tell them, you know, turn this crank 22 times, this one 26 times, put in this gunpowder, pull string. And, uh, I spent a little over a year in Iraq. I got mm. extended twice um, and I was part of the second ACR. So we were the first artillery unit in uh, in theater, which was scary, but awesome. You know, what what a, what an awesome adventure. Mm -hmm. um, and in Baghdad, we were in Camp Marlboro, which is kind of, uh, it was in Althara, if anybody knows that. It's like the ghetto of Baghdad, kind of the, the northwest yeah. corner. Um, yeah, like 7 million people in uh, this tightly packed little area. Um, and it, it, was, uh, it was it was a crazy experience. I got extended twice. Um, so it was initially a six-month deployment, then nine-month, then 12-month. And then I also had to do one last convoy mission back up to Baghdad and then back down to Kuwait uh, before I could leave. So 
After I did that, I did oppositional forces at Fort Polk for about a year. Um, so using what Arabic I remembered and growing whatever a beard I could at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I played uh, I played the oppositional forces. So just to, to train more soldiers that were going over there. Um, mm-hmm. When I got out of the military, uh, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, I did have a bit of a, a harrowing experience with my college money and uh, going back and forth with the VA and DFAS and figuring out how much they actually owed me versus what I was receiving uh, kind of pushed me out of my dream, which was to just go to school and be mm-hmm. a student for a few years. Turned into uh, night classes and working full time and, you know, becoming an adult very quickly. Uh, with that, I became a professional uh, teach, uh, teaching professional at a golf course. So I was giving golf lessons and running junior camps and greatest job ever. I just couldn't make any money doing it. You know, it's, it's one of those, one of those industries that unless you're playing on Sundays or at the you know top 1%, um, you're really not making a great living doing it. Mm-hmm. So with that, I, I went to back into retail, which is what I did for the military and, um, worked my way up through management with Dick Sporting Goods, uh, did some other things along the way, ran some companies. Uh, I went out to New Mexico and started a scooter rental company. That was my first business venture. And I had five locations throughout all of New Mexico where I'd have these little pop-up shops and we'd rent scooters. I ran that entire company off of Google. Uh, everything was social media marketing and having a, a functional website that people could book online and and do all these things. And this was you know, 10, 15 years ago. So this was mm-hmm. still kind of cutting edge at the time. Um, and that was great. I, I ended up selling that to a business partner and went to New York City to be a, an early hire at a digital marketing agency. That uh, it was just such a great experience. I think I was a 15th or 16th employee. Uh, I was putting my desk together uh, two blocks south of Times Square, living in New York City with a with a buddy. And two years later, there's uh, nearly 400 people on our floor, and I was managing wow. a team of 60 people. Yeah, we. We hit the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies list two years in a row. Uh, so yeah, and it was it was pretty amazing. We we really focused on social media management and reputation management, mm-hmm. um, and also like mobile websites. Uh, so it was, it was a great company, but um, eventually I felt like I had outgrown it. I I became a marketing executive and uh, met the woman of my dreams. She wanted to go to Miami. I said, sure. Uh, I'm. There's a reason I left the Northeast. It's too cold up here for me anyway. It is chilly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we we went to Miami and I, I started working for a more technical digital agency, um, more website design, SEO. Uh, eventually, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, uh, got her dream job out in California. So we went out to California, to Los Angeles. And I opened up a new office for that company. We hit the Inc. 5000 fastest growing company list uh, two years in a row. And I decided, you know what? I'm... I'm really good at, at doing this. I'm really good at building businesses and you know fast growth and uh, really client success was was my my flagpole. Um, you know, ensuring that our clients were really just receiving the best service and best results and displaying that ROI. But I was always amazed with these marketing companies that were fast growing and you know really at the highest echelons in in the industry. But retention wise, it was like six months at the first one. It was about nine months at the second one. I was like, why can't these wow. marketing companies, yeah, keep their clients? Like, what are they doing to to that's keeping that dissatisfaction level so high that people aren't sticking with them? 
and decided, you know, I think I could do it myself. Uh, so I started my own agency and that was back in October, 2019. Awesome. Congratulations. So how did you, so 2019, so what was the, I mean, six months, nine months retention, that's, I mean, let's face it from a business owner perspective, that's not good. Um, what was driving that? Uh, they're both heavily focused on sales more than anything. Um, I think that to, it's one of the the biggest struggles, I think, for most digital marketing companies is, and we don't even like to call it digital marketing anymore. We we usually say online presence management because really that's that's what it is. Digital True. marketing is is awareness, you know, but if you're if you're managing their overall online presence, you're now we're going to start getting into into Zima and the zero moment of truth and things like that because really that is ensuring that with all the technological advances that we have that we're still catering the experience how people make buying decisions today. Mm-hmm. So the retention that I the biggest indicator I could say on the the low retention that they had was mostly on like we want to get people in we want to get the sales like that was the focus and then when it came to actually performance and results for them. You can really only like do so much, right? Like SEO wise, you know, we're putting content on the site or get generating backlinks. You're moving up in in Google's rankings, but these people are just seeing like a sheet of paper every month that says like, "Well, you were number six, now you're number four. Like you were number twenty two, now you're number twenty one. Like, and it's a slow growth thing. Um, I, I don't think that they were ever properly displaying the value mm. that they were actually providing. You know, you could see website analytics and everything like that and really digging into it like that's what i always enjoyed is like the strategy and and mm-hmm. really understanding how people are making these buying decisions um so when i started my company and it's still this way to this day i'm the only sales guy you know every new client that we bring on i have sat with talked with strategized with found those unique value propositions that they can uh provide to their clients or patients and then finding cool, unique ways to display that online in a way that really endears them, you know, builds an emotional connection with people mm-hmm. when they're finding them online, as opposed to just, you know, I'm a lawyer, I've done 200 million, like, sure, great. You know, the guy down the street's done 300 million. That's not really a value proposition. Right. But if it's, you know, I donated a thousand backpacks to my local community, and I'm involved in this organization, then, you know, I've got these awards, like you can find more, uh, more emotionally driven values to display online as opposed to just the same thing everybody else does. Um, the legal industry is, is fascinating because there are like two or three really big marketing companies in it. Mm-hmm. And every single one of their clients looks the exact same. It's like so silly. It's, it's you know, why would you let a marketing company kind of stick you into a box? You know, your comp- your business is so different and unique than all of the other ones out there. You know, it, it has you. You know, you right, are, right. are the face of it. And the fact that so many agencies really just don't understand that or don't put enough emphasis on that. Um, it's big reason why I started my own was because I was like, people, they, they deserve that level of customer service and that level of care. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I've learned, so I've, I spent almost a decade in the legal industry, more on the litigation support side, e-discovery. And, and one of the things that I learned in that industry is change is very tough for that industry. And so hearing that their websites all look the same, that's not surprising, uh, but it sounds like you, you've got a different approach to that. So tell us a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, I think it all comes down to the types of questions that you ask people. Uh, our onboarding processes, I mean, most of the people in my company probably think I'm a little crazy, which I think a lot of business owners are. But I have so many flowcharts and checklists and all these things to make sure that we're just really covering all of our bases. But a large chunk of what I talk about isn't the the tactics and the strategy mm-hmm. of like, okay, we're going to post three times, you know, three times a week, and we're going to do this. It's more, you know, what emotion do you want people to feel when they get to your website? You know, if you could to have an image and have this image tell them one thing, what would it be? Uh, I have this one great client out in California and he said, you know what, like I'm a personal injury attorney. So when I'm talking to people, they're not in a good place, right? They got in a car accident. They got hurt. They got, yeah, wrongful death, you know? If they're talking to me, it's it's for a reason, and I, I they have a serious problem they need help resolving, and it's probably a pretty dark time in their life. And mm-hmm. so I want them to feel like, you know, the sun is breaking, the light is at the end of the tunnel, things are going to get better. I'm here to help you, you know, through this tough time. Whereas most law firms are, you know, blasting on their, you know, how much the, their verdicts are that they've, right. you know, how much money they they think that everybody just buys because you had a thirty million dollar case one day. That's not true. So what's cool is when you get to his website, it's him. He's an attractive guy. He looks very um, easy to talk to kind of when you see him. But it's it's Los Angeles in the background and and a kind of a dark day. But you can see the sun breaking through and the sun's kind oh, of like, wow. yeah, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, inviting you. And, and the sun's like kind of shining on him, but not totally on him, more on like the, the cityscape behind him. And it's got his tagline, you're safe with Drake. You know, and and you can think of the emotional connection people have with that. You know, if, if I'm Googling personal injury attorneys near me, I'm probably not sitting here thinking, oh, I want to get the guy that got 40 million. I'm probably thinking like, I'm I need some support right now. Right. And uh, and he's he's so beloved by his clients um, for it. Like, I'm I'm blessed to have him as a client. And he's really like my first big client that I even had. Uh, but there's also, you know, a, a naturopathic doctor I work with who, you know, we were really trying to find ways to differentiate him. And he was like, oh, I have great bedside manner. I'm like, well, that's awesome. I can, I can play with that, but that's not, mm-hmm. that's not like a really unique value proposition. There's probably a lot of doctors that have that. And after like, you know, four or five months of, of hitting this guy with questions, like trying to, trying to pull that information out of him. Um, he finally told me that him and his grandson, uh, they love going to Hogwarts and they put the robes on and they get the wands and they do the whole thing. I'm like, oh, wow. I can make you the Harry Potter doctor now. I'm like, now, now we're now we're talking. Like, you and you can imagine if you're a Harry Potter fan and you get to a website and you see this guy, oh wow, that is a immediate connection with oh, somebody, absolutely. right? Yeah, even if you're not a Harry Potter fan, and but you look for somebody that you know it's a medical situation, it's fairly serious, you know, that's not gonna make this feel like an overbearing situation, but somebody that you're gonna have a, a good rapport with, right? That's probably gonna send that message a lot better than you know a, a lot of the other websites. So Finding that type of information, finding those type of of unique value points, uh, is is huge. So you're really, I mean, when you think about it, you're digging deep, and because a lot of times, like you just said, um, you know, bedside, you know, I've got a great bedside manner. Well, most, most, I would expect that you have that. Now, <laughs> we all have had doctors that have not, uh, but that's, I mean, that's kind of a minimum expectation, but when you dig into it and you find out, oh, we love going to Hogwarts, we love doing this. And you're right. When somebody sees that, they're going to be like, oh, that's a doctor who's actually human. And, mm-hmm. 
has interests, similar interests to mine. And, and you're really you're tugging on that emotional string because at the end of the day, we all buy an emotion. I mean, nobody likes to admit that. We all think we're objective when we buy, but we're all emotional creatures. So you, I mean, you're really digging deep. And with the lawyer in, in LA, what I, the vision I had in my head, as you're describing that, was a new day has dawned and it will get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, I just, it was, yeah, when I was, I was envisioning that, you know, we, um, my bride uh, lost a good friend in a fatal car accident, not, not their fault. And, you know, we're like, okay, how can we help? And that was the first thing we thought of. I've got a, you know, PI network that I was in a BNI with previously. And I thought, you know, that's might be a good fit. So I recommended him. And, but, you know, he really is, uh, from a PI perspective, relationships are very important to him. And because of that situation that they're in. So, so you touched on zero moment of truth, but I really want to dig into how you came to that. Uh, Cause when somebody sees ZMOD on your website, I had to go find out what that acronym meant. And when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's really, that's an interesting name. Tell us more about that. Yeah. I wish that I could claim ownership for inventing this, but it is, it's certainly not me. Uh, the concept's been around for I think 12 years now. It came out of the Think with Google conferences. Okay. And uh, yeah, and it, it was um, kind of a new mindset that Google wanted to push out there because now that we all have supercomputers in our pocket, mm. you know, that technology impacts how we make buying decisions. You know, right. we all were the Netflix generation, the Amazon generation. We love star ratings. We love reading reviews. Most likely we like reading the negative reviews so that we can kind of gauge that, you know, we, we all are on social media. We, we build community around brands. We, Mm -hmm. uh, whenever we go to a website, the bounce rate on websites is, you know, 10 times higher than it used to be, you know, five, six years ago, mostly because people's attention span is shorter. So you got to grab them quicker, you know, understanding how this technology is impacting those buying decisions. It could be the difference between having a successful business and going out of business, you know, in relatively short order. So a lot of it is foundational really. So business listings is really the, that's the opening uh, aspect of your online presence that we want to look at because one, you got to be findable. Right. So if, if you're not, you know, on a Google business listing and uh, I tell so many businesses like, how are you not on Yelp or at least claim your listing on Yelp or, or look at the fact that you you have a two out of five stars on Yelp? Because that is the main data source for all Apple products. So if you, do you have an iPhone? I do. There you go. You can go, hey, Siri, find me a, a personal injury attorney in the area. And you'll notice when the Apple Maps pops up, it's all these little Yelp logos where you click on it, it'll say 22 reviews on Yelp. You know, a lot of people don't even know that Apple and Yelp have that contract because Apple doesn't have their own review management system. So you're talking about potentially 20% of searches, whether they're doing an Apple Maps or Siri um, or even Safari search, like a lot of that data is coming from Yelp. And so if you're if you don't have that taken care of, I mean, talk about a missed opportunity right there. I have On a the go other do end, now. <laughs> yeah, you got to be sure that Yelp page is claimed. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, you've got Android, Google, Alphabet, you know, all, it's all the mm-hmm. same company, but right. ensuring that you've claimed your Google business listing, that you're generating reviews in some way, uh, you know, it's, it's put into your processes, that you're answering reviews, that, uh, you know, you have good images on both Yelp and Google that are, you know, that are displaying the business in, in the light that you want it displayed. And you can't just 
leave things up to to patients or clients and hope that they put the put a good picture up. Like it's not going to happen. You have to really take control of those aspects. Uh, there's even something on on Google Business Listing that's called product cards or service cards. Uh oh, my my Google just heard me. She's listening. <laughs> um, but there's these product and services cards, and so so take like a personal injury attorney. There's lots of different practice areas that, that a law firm could have. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and if you're personal injury, there's still even subcategories within that. You know, do you do animal tax versus right. rideshare accidents, motorcycle accidents? Utilizing those product cards, you can display all of the individual practice areas that you have right on your Google business listing. Because again, people make buying decisions quickly, quicker right. and quicker and quicker. If they get there and it says law firm in Los Angeles, California, but there's no other information. How do I even know that you can help me? Yeah. So you got to deliver that information to them like fairly easily, mm-hmm. right? With those product cards, it's got, you know, a one button calling on it. You could click the learn more. It takes you to that individual page of content on the website. It will send them to the homepage and say like, Hey, happy, happy hunting. Go find that information you're looking for. They just told Google what they were looking for. So now just send them right to where, where they're asking for already. Make that process of buying uh, simple, as simple as possible, and use technology on on your side to do it, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's kind of like the the baseline right there. It's just business listings, you know, those are citations to your website. You also you have no idea where somebody's going to search. You know, older people still use you know Bing or Microsoft or Yahoo. True. You know, so if you don't have those listings. Well, now you're talking about another chunk, another demographic you just missed out on. So that's why, as far as the zero moment of truth. Um, to kind of break it down as to as to why it's called that is traditional marketing, uh, which anybody that loves Mad Men can can kind of relate to mm-hmm. it. There's always it's it was always a three step process. So there's three moments we'll say. So there's the first moment of truth, which is just awareness. Like I have to know you exist. Right. Uh, findability. This would be all those business listings. Uh, it could also be paid ads. It could also be SEO. You know, for search. It could be the fact that you have social profiles. If you're active on there, it's any aspect of your online presence in which people would become aware that you even exist. Mm-hmm. And then there was always the second moment of truth, which was, um, oh, I'm sorry, I totally did that wrong. First is awareness. Then there's the first moment of truth where I know you exist. Now I'm going to make a buying decision. So uh, I like to use the the example of cereal because we've all seen cereal commercials. Maybe people, I'm almost 40. So I I saw lots of cereal commercials growing up. Uh, and then you get to that big aisle of all those options, right? And then what are you going to do? You're going to probably rely on that Coca-Cola advertising. You know, mm-hmm. I saw that Lucky Charms commercial a bunch of times. Maybe I right. want that Lucky you know? So now there's that first moment of truth. I'm making this buying decision. And then the second moment of truth is, is whether I'm going to become an advocate for this product or service, or I'm no longer going to use them or even possibly badmouth them at the next backyard barbecue tell you yeah that lawyer was horrible you know like or i'm going to go on yelp and i'm going to complain about them you know there's there's always this after purchase uh aspect of interacting with any business that uh honestly not enough businesses put enough effort into you know building mm-hmm. that advocacy as opposed to crossing their fingers and hoping they get a review so the zero moment of truth really comes in between awareness and me actually making this buying decision so now what we do is, all right, I need a personal injury attorney. Maybe I Google it and then I see some PPC ads, but now I'm seeing star reviews. Okay, well, I'm going to click on this review. I'm going to read some of the negative reviews, read some of the positive reviews. 
All right, so now I'm on their website. Let's check out their Instagram, click on their Instagram, see the images that are on yeah. that. So now I'm going through this entire comparison step. Um, you know, I've been to the website, I've been to social, I've seen reviews. Now I'm a, a more, I feel at least, whether we are or not, uh, because there's a lot of companies out there that are not super uh, transparent and ethical, we'll say, about their marketing practices. But now I feel at least that I am more informed mm-hmm. in this buying decision. It's all because I got this technology right in my pocket that none of us had 15 years ago. So the entire buying uh, process, the psychology behind it has really changed. And Zima is kind of a, a real simple way to to take all of that dynamic uh, interaction somebody's having having with a business and distill it down into just a, a simple phrase. Mm. Wow. That's, you know, you you probably just knocked out three or four of my questions. So I'm not sure where we're going to head from here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've got more questions built up for you. But so really, it's, I mean, just what I've been hearing, I mean, how does a business owner become aware of all these different platforms? You know, I now I can understand why Yelp was calling me and leaving me messages to claim my page and that. And then the Google business page. I mean, those are some of the two that come to mind, but you mentioned Bing, you mentioned Yahoo. Um, are there any others out there that may be kind of more obscure? Oh, there, there are hundreds. Um, there's hot frog, there's Foursquare. there's Manta, there's, you know, mm-hmm. even directory listings that you would have on Glassdoor or possibly indeed and then you get into industries, industry specific ones. So, like for law firms, there's Fine Law, there's Justia, there's Avo. You get into the medical side, you have Zocdoc, you have Rate MD, Vitals. Uh, <laughs> so, there's all these different places which somebody uh, could find you. The best thing, if I could give one piece of advice to every single business owner out there, it would be: Have you put yourself in the shoes of a prospective client or patient? And gone through the process of searching for, you know, say we take a, a naturopathic doctor. You know, have you gone through and searched for, say, gut health doctor in my area? Mm. And just go through it. Like, who would you choose? And why would you choose them? And and this is an exercise. I have my clients do it every single month. And the, the reason that we do it is because you're not going to understand how people are finding you and choosing you. You can't say, how would you find me? People don't know. People don't remember. Because I have one client, he's like, yeah, so we had 26 people tell me last month that they got us from a billboard. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty good return for a billboard. He's like, I don't have any billboards right now. I said, oh, (laughs) so it's not a good, (laughs) you know, people don't, they just like don't know, you know, and a lot that that stuff's right out the window. So, um, you know, truly understanding that you know, there's systems, there's there's processes, there's things that you can put in place to be sure that your bases are covered on all of this. Uh, luckily, you know, I could pitch our dashboard real quick because that is, I built this with a development team in Canada. Uh, the whole idea was like, how do you manage your online presence quickly, simply from one single hub without having to go to, you know, mm-hmm. these hundreds of different directories and to claim this listing, claim that listing. And, you know, how do you do all that? Um so that's that's what our dashboard is designed to do is, you know, it's got a listings tab so you can see all the different listings you have out there and, you know, build one business profile and then sync it up across all of them. Oh, wow. if you have, yeah, if you have that same information everywhere uh, in Google's eyes, that's actually a ranking factor for SEO. You know, it's called NAP, name, address, phone. Uh, it also includes website, it includes images, includes logos, but NAP is kind of like the short 
short uh, form way of saying it. Because in the phone book, it was always called nap, name address phone. Right, um, sure. So this is now the digital version. Yeah. So you build a business profile, you fill out all that information, and then, you know, two clicks later, it's blasted out everywhere. Um, there's even things called like uh, directory aggregators, like Foursquare, uh, Newstar is another one, but you submit information to them and then they blast it out to another hundred or so directories. Um, wow. Yeah, so there's there's tools that are available. Um, uh, some more aspects of the dashboard is really taking all these different review sites that you're on and building API connections where they all come into mm-hmm. one hub. I can see reviews. Google, Yelp, ZocDoc, like whatever reviews I'm getting, I can see it. Some of them have open APIs where we can push and pull data back and forth from. Um, so you could actually answer the review for some of them right through it, like Google. Uh, some of them require you to go to the page, but you know, mm-hmm. one click and it takes you to the page to answer the review. Uh, very similar to like social marketing. Like you should have a content calendar. You should never be waking up and being like, oh shit, it's Tuesday. What should I post today? Like, Agreed. It's, that's a very difficult way to, to manage your marketing system. So by having a content calendar, you know, that's built right into it. Um, but there's there's just too many aspects for really a, a business owner. And especially one of the reasons I like working with legal and medical is they go to school for eight years. These are smart people. They're not, right. you know, these are not dummies. Uh, but they usually take like a business class, maybe a marketing class, most of them not. Uh, that's usually one of the early questions I ask is like, have you ever taken a marketing class? Have you ever sat down and thought, what is our what is our three year plan? What is our um, what are our core values? Mm-hmm. What is our mission? Do you have a mission statement? Like, so many businesses don't. It's, right. So I, I feel sometimes like I'm a business coach slash marketer because you know you you have to help these people understand what it is that's special about them so I can do my job. You know, right. um, and foundationally, a, a lot of businesses just haven't. So. Uh, and again, most agencies don't ask those questions. They just, you know, kind of say, hey, we're going to slap up some content for you. Well, I promise it'll work. But if you don't understand, you know, really like the, the core values of the business, it's very difficult, in my opinion, to to build any emotional connections with people online. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the day, it's all um, one of the coaching systems that I use uh, focuses on the business owner. And, and that's at the end of the day, the business is about the business owner. And from a legal perspective, if it's a you know law firm, they're all partners, or maybe it's a single shingle, and even medical. I mean, it's it's focused on that doctor or lawyer. And and the interesting thing is, is the way you get to that value proposition that they bring to the table, it because you're not out just to get a contract. You're out to get a relationship. You're out to build that value proposition to where uh, you know there are companies out there and. Uh, from a marketing perspective that, you know, promise you the world and deliver uh, not even close to the world. And so it's interesting to hear your process of how you go about that, how you, uh, you know, the the platform you've built, it sounds like that can go across multiple business online presence, which I mean, is huge. Um, so as we start to land the plane a little bit. So tell me what would be your favorite productivity hack? Hmm. I like questions like this. Um, mine, mine's gonna be a little weird. Um, first off, I don't live in California. I shouldn't say this anymore because I live in South Carolina now, but 
Um, my favorite productivity hack, and I guarantee nobody's ever said this to you before, is I like either getting really, really high, like smoking marijuana and sitting in a hot tub and just thinking about my business, thinking about my own marketing, getting very introspective. And I sit mm-hmm. there with a with a waterproof notepad and I write notes. Uh, I do it at least once a month. It is, inc- I mean... It's odd. It's different. I, I don't think that a whole lot of people um, could probably follow me on that journey. But also, like I've done ayahuasca before. I've done a peyote retreat in New Mexico. I've done a sweat lodge in Arizona. Like I like doing these things that really stretch me, uh, both mm-hmm. physically and mentally. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I can't exactly go to a client and say like, "Hey, go smoke some weed and sit in a hot tub and think about your business." But I can do it, and I can sit here and look at a website, and I can think about like the conversation that I've had with people mm-hmm. and come up with some ideas that I probably wouldn't normally. Um, I know that that's, I mean, I've had so many Eureka moments uh, with my own business where I'm going, you know what, I'm spending too much of my own time doing X, Y, and Z. I need to offload these things so that I can better serve my clients or mm-hmm. so that I can go speak at a conference or, or things like that. Um, it's, you know, there's lots of cool tools and hacks out there. I do do uh, a little morning mindset where I ask myself, you know, what am I happy about? What am I grateful for? What am I proud of? Uh, what are my top three things that I have to get done today? You know, so I, I go through a lot of things like that. Um, I'm also a big advocate for dry erase boards. I have a huge one on my wall because uh, sometimes you just got to get out of the chair and you get get the brain going, get the get heart the going, flowing. get everything flowing. Yeah. Yep. And, if, and if you're not putting yourself in, in situations that you afford yourself that ability, which I think... In, probably not enough business owners do. I can pretty confidently say that too many mm-hmm. of them are, you know, kind of get stuck in the weeds and they're working in their business and not on their business. Um, and that's, that's really what I have found works well for me. Um, you know, I, I even had a very interesting uh, moment with it because when I first opened my company, I started working with one law firm and uh, I had like five different restaurant groups that I was working with. And each one had, you know, two, three restaurants. One of them had seven restaurants. Like, my when my company started, I was like, this is awesome. I got all these big clients. Like, this is mm-hmm. great. And we opened in 2019, October. So five months later, I lost 90% of my clients. Um, it sucked. But you know, it was through a little bit of introspection, uh, through a little bit of, you know what, I think that I could do, I think I could find more really good ethical law firms that I could help out and mm-hmm. uh, along the same model that I did with this first one. Uh, and that's when we went to to legal more. And then my wife and I, uh, we had planned to have a home birth. You know, we're kind of like weird, almost hippie-ish people. You know, we're, we didn't want to go to the hospital and have a kid. That's not weird. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to, we had the tub and everything. We candles. We were going to have the home birth with our kid. And uh, of course, she catches COVID the day before her water breaks. Oh, no. Yeah, so we were forced out of that situation. Um, we were living in LA at the time, so it, I had to call six different hospitals at two o'clock in the morning, trying wow. to find one that would even let me in the room because I didn't test positive, she did, and uh, between that and the VA, like mm-hmm. I already didn't have a super uh, great uh, impression of the U.S. healthcare system, and and I had always used some naturopathic doctors, and I was like, I, think I could really get into that industry because I feel like they're truly like helping. Mm-hmm. You know, their their community in a meaningful way, which is one of the the core tenets of of what we look for. So, 
Um, that's a very meandering question or very meandering answer to uh, what are my productivity hacks. But all of those things came about through, you know, expanding my mind in, mm -hmm. in whatever way possible that I could. Uh, no, that's the first time I've heard of that one, by the way. <laughs> and, you know, you're right. It doesn't work for everybody. But um, I think, you know, the, the thing is, is, you know, the sweat lodge and you, you know, you've done those types of things to really expand the mind and go deep. I think that's uh, more of us need to do that. And I'm, I've had a meditation journey. Uh, it's it's kind of the roller coaster ride, I like to call it sometimes, because it's it's tough to slow down. But we all need to do that, you know, more. And so, no, I, I I applaud you that you found a way to do it, and it just it it enhances your creativity and and brings that out. So your clients, as well as yourself and your family, are benefiting from it. So absolutely. So if there's three books out there that you would recommend, what would they be and why? One of them, uh, I love to read too. I'm a bit of a, like a closet dork. I could turn around here and see. Oh, one of the ones that I would say is certainly positively impacted my business in a lot of ways is uh, Your World-Class Assistant by Michael Hyatt. When... Uh -huh. Yeah, when I when I finally was like, you know what, I, I need like a VA, I need somebody to just because I did a little time analysis on myself. And I was spending like half my day in my email inbox. And it was just crazy. You know, mm -hmm. I was very reactive. Uh, and so I was doing some some research on VAs and it came recommended to me as one of the best books for properly using a VA. Um, so it's called your world class assistant. Um, that is a great one. I also Oh, another one actually for that's another Michael Hyatt book is Free to Focus. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, that I've listened to that probably like two or three times. Um, it's just a nice reminder of taking things and deciding if I'm proficient at them uh, and if I even like doing them <laughs> and deciding like who would be a better person to do mm -hmm. this. Uh, so it's really about uh, mastering delegation, which something that I've always struggled with, but I'm always constantly trying to improve. Uh, and then I got another good weird one for you is um, it's called Business Secrets from the Bible. It's by uh, a rab Rabbi Lappin, I believe is the author. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Which is it's it's a, a fascinating read. Uh, I'm a, a Christian. And I believe, you know, that we we certainly have a purpose here on this planet mm -hmm. in, in service of others. Uh, there's a reason God didn't you know, leave us alone on an island. You know, he, he included lots of humans. And especially if you look at, you know, population growth over the last hundred years, I think he's really trying to tell us something that we really need to start coming together and, and being better to each other. Mm -hmm. um, but when, one thing that was very cool about that book is it's, it's looking at the Bible, in particular, the Old Testament, and looking at the lessons that a business owner can learn from that. Um, which is which is really my jam. Everything I read, it's how is this applicable? How is this applicable? Mm -hmm. I I like some good motivation stuff every once in a while. I'll give you one more. Uh, David Goggins, his newest one. Um, never finished. Big, uh, yes, never finished. Exactly. I am three quarters of the way through it um, on Audible right now, and uh, I just think David Goggins is a fascinating human being because uh, anybody that has gone through what he's gone through, plus. He's originally from Buffalo, New York, like I am. Um, I, I'm not even going to ask. You got to be a Bills fan, I'm sure. I'm a diehard Bills fan. <laughs> I've been crushed for the last two days. Uh, 
Yeah, there's what? lots of there's lots of Bills stuff in here. I got some Spider-Man on the wall, some army stuff, Bills hats. Um, you know, I like to again, right? This is all the emotional connections. Anybody that right. would see a video of me on a video screen, um, these are the emotional connections that I build with people. I, I like to display them around me. Um, so it's a lot about practicing what I preach. Yeah, I love the golf clubs back there. Yeah, man. I I wish I got to play more. I, I just moved out to, to South Carolina about three months ago from Los Angeles. Oh wow. It's been a little little too cold here. Uh haven't gotten to play yet, but uh I'm gonna be checking out country clubs in in the next few months and and hopefully making a decision here so that I can force myself to get out there and play a lot. You've got a lot of great clubs out there to do that with. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I've got to get back into my see my golf coach. It's been way too long. Hey, go ahead. I was just going to say that was, uh, granted, I I love what I do. I love helping business owners, but my, my career in golf was so awesome. I mean, I had one year I registered 185 rounds. Uh, another year I registered 170. Um, it was great. I'd work in the morning and I'd play golf every afternoon. Um, it was so awesome. I would like to, to find a way. I mean, this is not my forever business. Um, I know that. Uh, I'm, I don't even hide that or sugarcoat that with my team. You know, at some point I'm going to, you know, find somebody that can run this business while I go out and do my next venture. And I'm really hoping that I can find some way to incorporate golf back into my life. I'm sure you will. What you need to do is make that a a personal outcome that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, in the year, say 2026, I will be on the golf course, however many days a week you want to be there. Well, my, the big goal I've already, I'm, I'm certainly, uh, already thinking those things but the big goal here and it's probably the first time i'm even saying it uh champions tour when i turn 50 that's that's really what i'd like to do <laughs> wow all right then the problem though the problem is by that time tiger's on the on the champions tour phil's on the champions tour uh you know sergio garcia could be on the champions tour you know there's there's a lot of really good players that are in their mid to late 40s right now that i don't think that i got a chance with but you know we dream big right can't get dream. there unless you dream big you gotta you gotta have that high mark, otherwise you're never gonna hit it. I mean, mm-hmm. well, hey Paul, this has been fantastic. I've enjoyed the conversation. I've enjoyed you know listening about the ZMOT and how you help business owners, especially in the legal and the medical field, because it sounds like you've got yourself niched into those commu- into those industries, and so that's wonderful. I love your productivity hack. I'm not sure it's gonna work for me, but I love that one. And uh, any final words for our audience? Yeah, I would just say marketing is supposed to be fun. And there are far too many businesses out there that I talk to that are afraid of marketing, afraid to post this thing because it might ruffle a feather or afraid to, you know, be authentically themselves. And mm-hmm. I would say marketing is supposed to be fun. And I would go into it with a fearless mindset. Wow, fearless mindset with marketing. And I I love that. I, I know I'll I'll admit a few years ago I had somebody doing my marketing and and I saw the graphic they were going to post, and I'm like, uh, I love it. It's 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 me, but you know, I was thinking, and then I just said, you know what, go with it, and mm-hmm. it 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 was good, all good. So I absolutely agree with that as well. Well, hey, this has been great. I greatly appreciate you joining us, and I'm looking forward to getting this one posted. So thank you, Paul, for joining us today and for your insight. Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. It was a great time. Thanks for listening. In order to help others, please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network. 
If you want specific guidance, feel free to book a complimentary call with Dean at deanvandyke.com. Remember, you wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business.